you here with Jed. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Can you please tell us about your topic, Jed? Yeah, so I wrote about the value of networks for social entrepreneurs who are based in um, what I call enterprise assistance organisations. Mm -hmm. And an enterprise assistance organisation, any sort of organisation which assists uh, or helps social entrepreneurs or um, develop their idea and get it through like, the various development phases. So we could talk about um, incubators or accelerators and uh, organisations such as that. And did you do the research here in Copenhagen? Or? Yes, I did. So did you talk to different incubators or...? Yeah, so I had, um, I had sort of like three main sort of case studies. Um, there was a KBH Projects, which is like a social um, entrepreneurship um, incubator. Um, then I had uh, Republican, which is a general sort of um, commercial entrepreneurship co-working space. And then, so my third case study was this Copenhagen School of Entrepreneurship based at... Um, and do they, like, this, I know KPH Projects is basically all social entrepreneurs, but do the Republican and CSE focus on social entrepreneurs in particular, or...? No, so I actually sought out social entrepreneurs within each of those spaces um, to get their perspective on, okay, so why did you join this space in the first place? And then what value do you actually get out of this place? And do you feel as if, as a social enterprise, that you're being served effectively by the um, organisation which you're in? What was your motivation for focusing like, on social entrepreneurship? Why not commercial entrepreneurship? So <clears throat> my main motivation actually was a little bit about convenience. So I was working for a social enterprise startup mm -hmm. at the time and like we'd moved amongst different sort of co-working spaces, incubators, accelerators, and I was sort of just trying to understand why it was we kept on moving. And it was essentially to do with the value and that value wasn't always being created for us as a social enterprise. There was always services and um, ways in which these organizations could help commercial enterprises, but they weren't necessarily tailoring these services towards social enterprises mm -hmm. so i just felt that there there could be something that could be uncovered through um, finding out more about what social ent enterprises are looking for when they go to these spaces mm -hmm. so my sort of target in doing so was that okay if we can sort of find out what it is these social enterprises are looking for then enterprise assistance organizations can start tailoring their business models to tailor for social enterprises mm -hmm. and you know essentially create um, a space an environment which allows for social enterprises to grow more effectively and encourages more social entrepreneurship within um, Denmark and Copenhagen. What do you focus on in your research process? Like, I sort of went hyper specific so well, my first couple of questions were okay so what value do you seek what value do you actually attain mm -hmm. And then I go sort of step further and like through my first question find out that network networking value is particularly like crucial for social enterprises. So how does this networking value actually operate within such spaces? So Granovet actually has this theory, this theory of weak ties. And basically what he says is that 
um, innovations and um, opportunities, they travel further um, outside of our um, sort of our social networks mm -hmm. when we share them with um, acquaintances as opposed to family and close friends. Because our family and close friends or colleagues all tend to be within our current circle. So the information stays within, the innovation stay within. What I wanted to see was, okay, how do these individuals, businesses, social enterprises leverage these acquaintances, which uh, we know as like weak ties? And what is the strength of the weak ties for a social enterprise? How do we use our acquaintances, people we meet by the coffee machine, people we meet just like walking down the hallway? And how do they help us like grow? Mm. That was sort of... Uh, my, my approach to the, to the thesis. So what were your main findings in? Not to surprise of like Branavetta's theory, yes, weak ties are being used and when they are used, they are highly beneficial for these social enterprises. Mm -hmm. But really, the social enterprises first have to want to engage in networks and they want to engage with their surroundings. When they're not seeking it, obviously they don't find what they're looking for. And they sometimes even like stump their own growth by being too inward looking and focusing too much on their um, on you know, the process or the product that they're trying to bring out. And the sort of follow up from that was just that social enterprises, they need to be first of all open to the networks around them, but then the enterprise systems organizations also need to be able to create an environment for which encourages like the sharing of knowledge and information. And what was quite interesting there was that the enterprise systems organizations, they sort of like play a role of like an information agent to social enterprises. Mm -hmm. So, and there's sort of like two sort of sides to that. So, um, and when you say the organizations, do you mean the, the, the incubators or the coaches? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. They, as they provide sort of these you know, in-house services. You know, they might be um, consulting on like legal or um, just basic marketing or just getting a prototype out there. All things which are pretty generic to all sort of yeah. companies in early stages. But then at some point, uh, social it becomes, doesn't become relevant to social enterprises. These spaces, they're also providing networking um, services. So that might be in the form of having uh, networking events where they get startups and other incubators to come in and everybody starts networking. They might get people from consultancy houses like Deloitte, PwC to come in mm -hmm. and get people to like share ideas that way. And that sort of showed that like the value for the networks really occurs when the uh, incubators, the accelerators, they're creating these these um, touch points for yeah. for the social enterprises. So you had two co-sharing workspaces, or is KPH Project seen as an accelerator? K KPH is uh, more of like a uh, accelerator, yes. Okay, and then uh, CSE is an incubator. Yeah, it's more. Was it different between like the public, which is a co-sharing workspace? KPH project, what was the most beneficial to social enterprises? 
what I found through like doing my like literature review was that these terms are very, very sort of overlapping. Mm -hmm. Like there are some differences which we can which I can point out, but really they sort of morph into each other and that's why I coined the term enterprise assistance organization because mm -hmm. they all sort of play the same purpose and that is to get uh, enterprises from one stage and develop them. And that was, as long as the organisation sort of played that role, then I was going to put them underneath my term. And does the Republic of Koshin Rufus also try to, like, support the, uh, the Absolutely, okay. yeah. They don't, they don't just offer facilities. They also uh, yeah, so they, they uh, KBH projects in particular, they do lots of workshops for the mm -hmm. startups and organisations which um, stay there, as well as the networking events, so... I put them under the enterprise assistance organization. Mm. And were there other interesting findings for you? Uh, yes, actually. Like, I think one thing which I found particularly interesting was that when I was talking to social entrepreneurs who perhaps didn't engage with networks or didn't engage with like their outer networks, they more sort of relied on their strong ties as mm -hmm. opposed to their weak ties. I sort of delved deeper into that and I was like, okay, so what's, what's the issue here? And what sort of seemed to like come to surface was that, you know, obviously people like trust and rely more on their close friends, but when it does come to using a weak tie, they look, at, look for proxies and like to, for the sort of assurance that somebody's gonna be like reliable and effective for their cause. And that proxy might be you know, past work, like um, like tangible work. It might be their experience in like a big company or under in a certain role. Um, and my findings sort of show that the use of the internet, in particular, like sort of like uh, social networking sites for professionals, mm -hmm. so like things like LinkedIn and the Hub, they sort of become a a face for individuals. So if a company is looking for somebody to do something for them, they search out these proxies through these sites and this is where weak ties are often sort of created. So in essence, like we have our sort of CVs and our professional profiles like in real life, but our internet sort of professional profile is becoming more and more important. Yeah. And actually I just wanted to sort of like focus in on social enterprises, but the, what I ended up finding was that the use of network doesn't really change between the commercial and the, and the social. So I ended up just going more with networks in general mm -hmm. and finding out how the weak ties apply in those settings. Okay. So you kind of drifted a bit away from this. Yeah. Point. It was basically just a case. It, it was a sort of a starting point yeah. and it's to find out what the value was. Mm -hmm. And then when going deeper into the value which was being created, it turns out that the value that's being created for the social enterprise in terms of networks doesn't differ between the commercial enterprises and the social. Do you see yourself working with social enterprises in the future, having worked a little bit? I know you have other jo other, another job now, but do you see yourself going back into social enterprises yourself? I definitely do. I just feel that, you know, when it comes to... when What was really interesting is that, you know, Social enterprise is very much reliant on the ability to connect and um, 
like most of the successful social enterprises I was talking to, they sort of rely on their ability to network and get the right people on board. And like I said, the use of these proxies, you know, experience, tangible work from the past, I don't feel as if I've got those things yet to be a useful resource, essentially having to build up those things before returning to that, that sort of segment of work. Yeah. Last question, so because this is something we in our field work we realized a lot that or we kind of believe that the NGO model is not working anymore, and we also wrote about social enterprises. Do you think going forward, having worked a little bit, that social enterprises will be the way to solve the issues we have in the world going forward, and not the NGO model? So do you think more and more people will rely on a social enterprise model than an NGO charity model? I think, like, like a lot of things, you know, oh, it's a trend, it. yeah. and social entrepreneurship is on the rise now, yeah. but there might be something else. I think it's more a case of, you know, taking this design thinking approach and saying, okay, here's the problem we've got, mm -hmm. and what's the best way to, to create a solution, or what is the best solution for that problem, rather than looking at it at the way of, okay, what's the best sort of structure we should take? Mm. Um, to sort I mean I guess it also does come into like what sort of structure it takes to solve this problem but more looking at the problem first and letting the structure of the solution come from the product mm -hmm. rather than uh, applying a structure to a problem okay and thank you very much for coming today thank you for having me and good luck in the future with finding a social enterprise <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much <laughs>